Welcome, Valley family. This is week number five in our series that we've been calling How to Beat the Odds. And we've, we've looked at uh, just different ways that really, with God in our story, in our life, that we can really beat some of those odds, some of those statistics that you saw in that opening bumper. And this is the finale uh, of this series. Next weekend, we'll be launching a brand new series. You'll be hearing a little bit more about that. But today, uh, during our time together, uh, I've entitled this, this message, Here We Grow Again. Here We Grow Again, because I want to talk about, as a church family, how we're beating the odds. I, I think that uh, maybe I'm more aware of it as a lead pastor about what's going on across our country in terms of churches. Uh, but what we take for granted is just not happening in our nation at all. And uh, we're just kind of like, ho hum, but I want us to really appreciate and celebrate how God is working in and through Valley Christian Church to beat the odds nationally. And, and I think God has even more that he wants to do. So if you have your Valley Christian Church app, I just invite you to go ahead and open that up. And we're gonna be looking at some scriptures. You can fill in the blanks there. I want to go back to the verse that we've used throughout this series, uh, where really the title comes from, How to Beat the Odds, uh, as we kick off in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. And, and what it says there is, what then shall we say in response to these things? You look at those statistics and be like, oh no, this is going to be awful. You know, the, the odds are stacked against us. But if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? And with God in the equation, he always tips the scale in our favor. It doesn't matter what the odds really are. And, and, and some of the message uh, today is going to be kind of vision as well, talking about who we are uh, as a church. Uh, because again, as I said, uh, it's just amazing when you look at what's going on nationally in terms of Christianity and the Christian faith compared to what we're experiencing week in and week out here in and through the Valley Christian Church family. Interesting verse in the Old Testament in Habakkuk. Uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Habakkuk. Let's go ahead and put it up. Uh, here's one thing, by the way, you can impress your friends because no biblical scholar actually knows how his name is pronounced. Is it Habakkuk or Habakkuk? So sometime you just say, hey, did you hear a pastor talk about Habakkuk? You know, if someone ever says that, you mean Habakkuk. And like, no, Habakkuk, like I looked it up and like, oh, okay, you must really be intelligent. Nobody knows really what the emphasis is on that, the, uh, the name there, so you could put the emphasis on the wrong syllable and uh, it'd still be all right. So anyway, it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. It's so important in any organization, a church, to have a vision. And what I want to encourage you in our time together is that you need a vision for your life as well. And that vision, you need to write it down. And it needs to be clear, it needs to be simple, it needs to be concise. What? So you can run with it. It shouldn't be a thesis, it shouldn't be pages and pages, just a statement for your life. And we have a statement, a vision, or, or, or a mission statement for our church. And it really fuels everything that we do here at Valley Christian Church. And this isn't a new idea, Habakkuk or Habakkuk, uh, this is only 5,000 years ago. 5,000 years ago. Write the vision down. Write it down. When I was coaching high school football, one of the first things we did, we always had a whole packet we would give to players and they would write their goal sheet for the season. What are your personal goals? What are your team goals? We'd remind them of those things. You know, somebody says, I want to be all section. Really? Well, son, you better get in the weight room because never, it's never going to happen. You, you need to start coming to workouts three times a week in the off season if you want to be an all section linebacker. And, and so you have to have goals. You have to have a vision and even organizations, your business, you need in your personal finances, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your family, and in a church as well. Because if you aim at nothing, you will definitely hit nothing. So it's so important to have a vision. The Bible says, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. Now, uh, I, they, you didn't know they had iPads back then, did you? So it says, make it plain on tablets uh, that he may run who reads it. And, and so also we, we talked about this when we talked about parenting, this same idea of not having any vision. Proverbs 29, 18 puts it this way. And it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where we don't have a vision, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have an objective. When we don't know, I mean, why are we a church? If we don't know what we're shooting at, we're never going to hit the target. 
And it's very interesting, one translation here, uh, Proverbs 29, 18, this is King James Version. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish. One English translation says, where there's no vision, the people cast off all restraint, have no discipline. Vision gives you focus. Vision gives you discipline. Vision allows you to say no to the good things and hold out for the great. Vision, focus. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And so it's so important to have a clear written vision that keeps us motivated and it keeps us focused. And it's an important key to success for any endeavor in life and also for a church. So our mission, our vision statement is simply this, reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. That's what we're all about is reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And I think the first word is so important, reaching. Reaching. Why, why did we start a, a second campus a couple of years ago in Poughkeepsie? Because we wanted to reach more people. We, we weren't expecting people to come to us. We wanted to reach. We want to go where the people are. Reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And so I think before we can even talk about kind of like what the future looks like for our church and for our family as here we grow again, I think first of all, the first thing we need to do is kind of honor the past. We need to honor the past because we wouldn't be who we are today if it weren't for those who came before us. And I mean quite literally. Some of you know the story about the history of our church. September 15th will be the 42nd year anniversary of our church, 42 years old, our church. And this was no one's idea except God's. My, my parents, uh, my whole family, uh, my dad was transferred up here in 1972. He was an engineer with Georgia Pacific. Uh, he had no theological training, anything like that, but he was the head uh, deacon at First Baptist Church in Brunswick, Georgia. So he, he knew a lot about the Bible, being a head deacon in a Southern Baptist church like that. And the day that we moved into Lake Walton Road here, uh, off Lake Walton Road, Angie Drive, the neighbors came over to my parents to welcome us to the neighborhood. And they knocked on the door, they brought a cake, a whole family, we all came down there and here's little Greg, five years old, not even five years old, it was like a month before my fifth birthday. And, and they, they gave us this cake and then they said, we have a question for you. And they looked at my mom and dad and they said, do you know the Bible? My dad was like, yeah, I, I know the Bible. I was a deacon at the church there in Georgia. And they said, we've been praying that whoever moved into this house would know the Bible and could teach us the Bible. My dad said, come back Friday night. We'll start a neighborhood Bible study. Never in his wildest dreams did he ever think a church was gonna end up being birthed through that. And so they started Friday night Bible study and it grew and it grew and it grew and filled our living room. And then they started another one across the street in Jefferson Park, another development. And for three years, they did these neighborhood Bible studies, three years. And then after three years time, someone had the idea, let's put these together, these Bible studies and start a church. That was 1975. That was the official start of our church. And my father was the first senior pastor. I had no theological training whatsoever. And he was a senior pastor for 18 years and, and God just blessed the church from, from a handful of people. In fact, you know the first place that we ever met officially back in September of 1975? It's where the Galleria Mall is right now. It was Oak Grove Grange Hall and, and uh, we met there on a five o'clock on a Sunday night and after the first meeting, everyone left and it burnt to the ground by midnight. How about that? It wasn't our fault or anything, burnt to the ground. And that's where they ended up building the Galleria Mall. How cool is it? We have a campus in Regal Cinemas right now in the Galleria Mall where our church started. Isn't that crazy? How big is God? How big is God? And so when I felt the call of God on my life to be a pastor, my dad said, well, son, you're going to get what I didn't have. He says, so you're going to college for this. So I went to Bible college four years. That's where Susie and I met. We are married and, and when I graduated, I had a couple of offers from other churches uh, to go and be a youth pastor, but the, the leadership here called and said, Greg, we'd like you to come and be associate pastor to your dad. The associate pastor who was here at the time was moving to Virginia. And so I, I prayed about it, and, and a lot of you had heard that story before, and, and, and I accepted it. And little did I know, three years later, my dad would actually come to us and say, I feel like God's, what he called me here to New York to do, I've done, and, and feel like, God has something else for your mother and I. I. Told the leadership, moved to North Carolina, pastor a church there. And the leadership that was here at the time said, 
well, Greg, we'd like you to be the senior pastor. I was 24, 24 years old. This, this building that we're in here at Hopewell right now, this was built when I was in college. And do you know what the mindset was of the people who were here? What they felt like God put on their heart? We need to build this building for those who will come. Not those who were here at the time, in 1988. How many of you were not here in 1988? You're an answer to prayer. You're why they built this building. 75 people in the church built this. When I grew up, back in our, our Valley Kids area, that was the church when I grew up. That was all there was. 75 people sacrificed to do this for those who would come. And so I honored the, the, those that came before us quite literally. My, my father's still alive. He, he's getting on up in age. He'll be 79 real soon. But mom passed away almost, uh, well, 20 years ago. 20 years ago, and, and I could name name after name after name of people, men and women who were in heaven today, but had a vision for reaching people that had never stepped foot in this place. And so I honor the past. It's so important. Zechariah chapter four, verse 10 puts it this way. Do not despise this small beginning for the eyes of the Lord rejoice to see the work begin. None of them knew, I, like I said, I could name name after name and you'd be like, I've never even heard of those folks. The sacrificed and God put a dream in their heart. And what we experience today is a result of those men and women, those small beginnings. After the, the, the uh, Grange Hall burnt down, our church met in a, rent, in a firehouse in, in Wappingers. My dad would be preaching and all of a sudden, ooh, 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 firemen become running through and they'd all, we just have to kind of go like this and they're getting their boots on and all, How, that's church, that's exciting. That really is. That's some exciting stuff right there. It was in 1981 that we, we purchased this property here. And as I said, a little over 70 people. But they've got it put in their heart. Let's build the church for those who will come. And so we need to honor the past. Also, we need to not only honor the past, we need to celebrate the present. Celebrate the present, what God is doing right now because it's, it's, it's defying the odds, absolutely defying the odds of what's happening in America. And, and our focus is, is all about reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And we wanna lift up the name of Jesus in a clear and compelling way. That's why we work really, really hard behind the scenes, creating a, an environment and an experience in our gatherings and our events and, and our small groups, all those things, so that people can really experience the presence of God in a compelling and a real practical way that connects to them right where they are. And, and the way our church is today is not the way it was, not even a, uh, 15, 17 years ago. 17 years ago, if you'd walked in here, you would have seen padded purple pews. And you would have seen me in a suit and tie. <laughs> and, and there'd be brass chandeliers and plastic flowers everywhere. Very, very different than it is today. And we weren't reaching many people at all. God put in my heart, there's gotta be a better way. And what you know of as Valley Christian Church, very different than what it was 15, 17 years ago. And we need to celebrate the present that we find ourselves in. And, 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 I, and I know here we are, and, and maybe we've got some space here right now today, you know, but it's just amazing to see uh, 9.30 and 11.30 and Sunday mornings here in Hopo, we're having some real problems because things are getting really, really crowded. Very, very crowded. And I think that's an answer to God. That's what God wants. God wants full churches, not empty ones. He wants them to be full. In fact, Jesus tells a parable in Luke 14, verse 23, uh, of a master and a servant. And he says this, a master is a, is a type of God, is really uh, our heavenly father. It says, then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. 
God wants his house full. You know, I'm one of these guys that kind of like have a space thing. My space is, when I'm on an airplane, oh my goodness, I just, I get really kind of uptight. You know, I, I hate sitting on the aisle because I have big shoulders and they always come by in there with that cart and they're like jamming my shoulder like that. So I always sit in the window so I can flip around like that. And so Susie sits on the aisle and they're hitting her shoulder like that and everything. But, but we love each other and she sacrifices for me. So anyway, but, but like I, and, and we go over to Eastern Europe, you know, and we're like in Ukraine. I went on the subway one time in Ukraine. Listen, New York City subway, so spacious, so much room in, in Ukraine. Someone has their face in your armpit, literally, and, and their hand in the pocket, and, and it's just, it's like just the, the whole space stuff is really, really nerve-wracking. I don't like being close like that, but you know where I think it's great to be crowded is in a church. God wants his house to be full so that my house will be full. That's what God is after. And we try to, in all different, multiple services, two different locations, all those things, to kind of give some space there. But you know what? We're starting to feel it again. Starting to feel it again here in Hopewell, especially that it would be full. And that's a prayer in my heart. God, let your house be full. I just want to agree with Jesus' words that God's house would be full. We need to celebrate what God's doing in the present. I love having my space, but not in church. I'll give up my space. And so that's why we have people, we run out of parking spots, so we've got to park it next door at the unshattered building. We've got to park across the street because we, we're running out of space. And God's happy about that. Celebrating what God's doing. Let me give you some statistics now that will probably really amaze you about just the Christian church in the United States and then just in contrast to what God's doing here in and through Valley Christian Church. Let me just show you quickly the church size in America. This is average attendance in worship services in America and churches in America. There's roughly 350,000 to 380,000 Christian churches in America, okay? Look at these statistics. First of all, Churches that their average worship attendance is 75 people or less, 50% of churches in America. That's the average size church in America, 75 people. The average size church in America, 75 people or less. Watch this now. 76 to 200 people is another 35%. 85% of churches in America are less than 200 people in a worship service. 85% of the churches in America, is that, that's just mind-blowing. I, I, I know these, I'm very familiar with these because I remember when our church was right here. When I became the pastor, we had 120 people on Easter in 1994. And, and, and I worked really hard and with God's grace, we grew the church down to 80. And I was like, God, what are you doing? He was doing something. And so 85% of churches are 200 or less. 201 to 350, 10%. So think about this. Let's just wrap it. 95% of churches in America are less than 350 people in attendance. 95%. And you can look at these things real quickly and say, There's, we're not keeping up with the population. There's no way that the Christian church is keeping up with the population in the United States of America. And there's all kinds of reasons for this. And I could go into a long, long thing. I've read a lot and I've written a lot actually about it. I have two classes that are taught in Bible college and seminaries on this subject. Because every one of these has more to do not with how good the preaching is or the worship is. It has more to do with the leadership of the church that keeps it small. How do you know that, Greg? Because I was what was keeping our church small. I was the cork in the bottle. And, and until I was just like, God, grow me as a leader. We were stuck at 350. Let me just roll back the clock a little bit. This was Valley Christian Church in 2012. We were, we were like 348 people average a week in 2012. Look at the next one. 350 to 600 only 3% of churches in America are between 350 and 600. 3%. That's where we were about three years ago. 
Now look at the last one. Over 600, 2%. Only 2% of churches in our nation have over 600 people attending. Last weekend, average weekend, no big deal, no events, 900 plus people attended Valley Christian Church. 900. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. As I said, 2012, we, we were right here. 2012, God is doing something absolutely miraculous. We're beating the odds. And we need to just celebrate in the present what God is doing. It's absolutely mind-blowing when you think about it. Listen to these statistics real quick. 80% of churches in America are either in decline or plateaued. 80%. That's right here. This is the hardest barrier for any church to break 200 in attendance. You know why? Because 200 in attendance, one pastor can control everything. I remember I used to brag about it. I used to brag about it to people. I have my fingerprints on everything at the church. I chose the curriculum the kids learned on Sunday morning. I chose every, I chose the songs they sang, everything. And I was the cork in the bottle, control freak, absolute control freak. And then I realized God put this dream in my heart to reach as many people as possible. And, and I'm praying about it. And he's like, Greg, you're the problem. What? You're the problem. And it wasn't until I got some coaching, literally, on, on how to lead a church that then all of a sudden, and that's what I do now on a regular basis, other pastors. Uh, last month, we actually had a, a young lady that flew in uh, from Traspol, Transnistria, for just that, some mentoring and some coaching by our staff. At the end of this month, we have a whole staff coming from Cayman Islands, pastor and family and, and staff from a church that's coming for some coaching and mentoring and training here at Valley Christian Church. Month after that, another one of the leaders from the church there in Taraspal, Transnistria, from the other side of the world, coming for training and mentoring just to help with these things. Now it's just amazing. It's not just for us, but we're being the odds that God is sending leaders and pastors to here. And I don't make a big deal about it. I don't shout out, you know, hey, everyone look at so-and-so because they have an accent and they talk funny, you know, or anything like that. But they're here and they give like a week or a weekend or something like that just to be trained and mentored and coached up. And some of these things that have become just so normal and natural to us now, but they're, they're not natural. They're not normal. And we're beating the odds. Listen to this, this is pretty amazing. The majority of the 100 largest churches in the United States today are what's considered non-denominational churches. And that's what we are, by the way. Soon the largest evangelical denomination in the United States will actually be non-denominational churches like ours. And they say in another three years, non-denominational churches will be the largest de facto denomination, although they're not. What does that mean? That means there's no central headquarters that we send money to that owns all the property that kind of tells us you can do this, you can't do that. that there, there's none of that. We're non-denominational. We're, we're, we're run internally by, by a board and, and by a staff and all those other things. And we have overseers outside the church, pastors that come in if there's a problem that, that help as well. But, but that's the growing, biggest growing section in Christianity in the United States. Churches just like ours non-denominational churches. So we need to just celebrate what God's doing because this, thank God for it. But, but, but now, best we can figure, and I heard another statistic this week as I was preparing for this, and I'm not sure I even want to mention it in terms of what church size is when your attendance is where ours is right now. But conservatively, 1,200, 1,300 people call Valley Christian Church their home church. Mind-blowing. When I think about that first Easter, 1994, with 120 people. Listen, there's, there's, there's more people here right now than that. And that was Easter Sunday. So we need to celebrate what God's doing in the present. So we need to honor the past, celebrate the present. But here's the other thing. We need to focus on the future. Focus on the future, because God's not done with us. God's got more that he wants to do with us. God wants to reach even deeper into our community than we're actually doing right now. And this is what really, really thrills me. And 
you know, the way we do church, we've just found it just allows more and more people to come, more and more people to connect. And that's what we're all about, reaching as many people as we possibly can with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. You know, this past Monday, actually, I, was, uh, I went to my dentist. I've had the same dentist for almost 30 years. And uh, at one point in the early years of our church, uh, she was actually a member of our church. And she attends another church now. And, and after we were done, uh, I was talking to her and she was asking some questions about the church. And uh, she's actually on the board of another church. And, and uh, you know, I, I said, oh, I've just been real busy. And she said, well, I've heard. And, and, and we were just kind of catching up. And she said, Greg, I want to tell you something. She said, this is coming from my heart. She says, what you guys are doing at Valley is the right way to grow a church. Because you're not trying to grab Christians from other churches and get them to come to your church. You're reaching out to the unchurched. People ask us all the time, you know, why, why, don't, why, don't, we, why don't we advertise on Christian radio? You know why? Because Christians listen to it. We, we're not trying to reach those folks. We're not trying, we're not fishing in a fish tank. We want to go deep sea fishing. Not, not, not fishing in a fish tank. Those, those fish are already caught. Why, why don't you advertise in Christian, advertising those old magazines and all? Because only Christians read those. Where do we advertise? In Facebook. On Facebook. Where do we advertise? In the Galleria Mall. We want to go where the people are. And, and have you seen our sign, by the way, right outside of Regal Cinemas in the Galleria? It says, you belong here. Valley Christian Church. We've had people that, you know, hey, tell us, why'd you come to Valley Christian Church? How'd you hear? It was that sign. I saw a sign. I said, God gave you a sign is what happened there. That's why he came to the Galleria. We want to focus on the future. That's why people came because they saw a sign in the Galleria, because they saw something on Facebook, because they saw their friends that were just sharing all the time how excited they are about church. That doesn't make sense in our culture. Why would anyone be excited about church? I got to go check his place out. And that happens time and time and time and time again. And so we have to focus on the future. But let me just give you some, some current things since the beginning of the year that have happened in the church. Since January 1st, we've had 127 first-time guests walk through the doors for the first time since January 1st. Put that in perspective. Many churches over the course of a year hardly have any visitors. At 127. But all those, all, as incredible as that is, this is the number that amazes me the most. Statistically, throughout the United States, and this is year after year after year, half the churches in the United States don't see one person receive Christ as their Savior. Over the whole entire year, not one. Not one. Not, not, not one... Not, not one convert to Christianity. Not, not one person received Christ. Not one salvation in the entire year. Listen to this now. Just try to wrap your head around this. Since January 1st, we've seen 56 people receive Christ as their Savior in Valley Christian Church. 56. Just, just populating heaven. Last year we saw 134. In a little over 15 months, almost 200 people received Christ as their Savior. Beating the odds. That's what we're building the church on. You know, not, not fishing in the Christian fish tank. We're, we're out in the ocean. We're, we're, we're casting the dragnet that Jesus talked about. That, that's, that's who we're trying to reach. And sometimes someone moves into the neighborhood, you know, from someplace else or, or, or some other state and like, hey, let's find a church. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but understand, that, that's not who we're trying to reach or, or Christians that have lived in our community for years and years and years. That's not really it. We're trying to reach the unchurched. That's the focus. Reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ that haven't been reached. And so it's so important. I've been working with the elders pretty... Uh, pretty hard over the last few months uh, here at the church of three men that, uh, that, that really come alongside me and help me to just kind of do the, the big picture stuff and leading the church. And it's with their help that I've come up with, uh, we've just agreed upon a long-term growth strategy for our church. Long-term growth strategy for our church. And, and what that is, is just more of the same multi-site. 
As we started two years ago, another campus in Poughkeepsie, we believe that's the strategy. And, and, and something about strategy, and maybe it comes from my years of coaching, uh, the strategy, you know, every, Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, that plan's like, whoop, right out the window. The, 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 everyone's got a plan, but a strategy, there's three things, I think, for a church, and I'm all about strategy. There's three things that are really important when it comes to a church strategy. First of all, it's got to be measurable. You can say you have a strategy, but if you can't measure, is it actually, are we being effective or not? It's not really a strategy. It's just a dream. It has to be measurable, it has to be repeatable, and also has to be sustainable. Now, now one of the things I did discover over uh, uh, my, my study this past week that the average age of a lead pastor, senior pastor in America has actually changed. It's gotten older. <laughs> 57. 57 is the average age of a lead pastor. I got eight years to go. I'm below average for the next eight years. Isn't that awesome? I love being below average, and I've only got 24 years experience doing it as well. And so this is one of the reasons I was like, I talked with the eldership, the leadership of the church, and I was like, we need to have a, a, a long-term growth strategy to reach as many people as we possibly can with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. And it needs to be measurable, it needs to be sustainable, and it needs to be repeatable. And so I want to share with you just a big picture, four points of that real quick. And here it is, you've seen, if you've been in the church for about three years, you've seen us actually do this, all except for the fourth point that we're involved in right now in the present moment. The first is this, a multi-site, a campus pre-launch, it takes about a year, and we did this before we launched Poughkeepsie two years ago, that, that it was a year buildup, and, and really, uh, the, the big buildup for the church was only like the tip of the iceberg, it was like the last three or four months. But for over 12 months, we were working very diligently, very hardly, and very hard in the structure of the church, and, and getting people involved, and, and, and equipping them and empowering them and training them. And, and so there's a one-year buildup to a campus pre-launch. And, and then the second uh, point is the campus launch and in Regal Cinemas. Absolutely mind-blowing. And, and if you're a first-time guest with us here, I don't always talk like this. In fact, I seldom do. Uh, but you just kind of came on the right weekend. Uh, but uh, it, Regal Cinemas, we've, we've created such a great partnership. We have such a great partnership with them. Regal actually has a whole marketing department for churches. There are over 400 churches that meet in Regal Cinemas around the United States today. And do you know what? When someone's thinking about starting a portable church, do you know they, they actually say, contact Valley Christian Church. Contact Valley Christian Church because they're doing it in an incredible way. Not only that, we bought a system uh, two years ago uh, from Portable Church Industries. That's, that's our whole system that we have, that we unpack and we set up and, and then we pack back up and it goes back in the trailer. Every single Sunday in Poughkeepsie, Portable Church, churches contact them. Their number one question is, we're thinking about Portable Church starting a church, but we're not sure how the whole children's ministry works. Portable Church Industries says, contact Valley Christian Church. We're, we're, we're like the example for those two companies saying, Valley's doing it with excellence. And they're sending people all the time, contacting us by email and phone. Look at Valley Christian Church. We're beating the odds. We're beating the odds. And, and so... We believe these regal cinemas, you know, movie theaters, they do demographic studies and all that, and they want churches to use their facilities on Sunday mornings. And so this is part of the repeatable process that we're, we're already targeting regal cinemas down in Westchester County, uh, over in Kingston, Rhinebeck area, all those things of where we're going to be launching campuses in years, years to come. So campus launch in Regal Cinemas. And then the third thing is this. This is where we are right now. Campus viability. And in our Poughkeepsie campus, we keep track of attendance and we keep track of how many people are serving and we keep track of uh, first-time guests and, and receiving Christ and all those things. And we have, for each campus, it's determined, like, what is a viability? Like, they made it. They're, they're doing really, really well. And it was late last year that, that as we're looking at all these things, and I'm studying these things and talking to the leadership and all this, that, that we determined the Poughkeepsie campus is now officially viable. It's viable. We, we, we sent out 140 people to start that campus. They average around 200 people every single week. That's a major percentage growth right there. Major. Sometimes it goes even higher than that. We've had as many as 427 people in Poughkeepsie for Valley Christian Church on a Sunday morning. 427, just absolutely mind-blowing. So campus viability, a two to three year period. Now we're in step number four before we start repeating this whole entire process again. 
because that's what a long-term growth strategy is. Measurable, repeatable, and sustainable. And we're gonna work this strategy over and over and over and over to reach as many people as we can with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Here we are in step number four, campus relocation into a permanent facility. And that's what we're working on right now in Poughkeepsie. That, that, that in about a year's time that we'll move Poughkeepsie out of Regal Cinemas into a permanent campus. And I just wanna share that with the whole church family so you can really be praying for us because I'm looking at property, I'm talking to engineers, I'm having board me, all these different things going on right now behind the scenes as we're getting our ducks in a row and getting all this in order to move Poughkeepsie into a permanent campus. So it's no longer portable, you know, set up, tear down week after week, but it's a sustainable, permanent place in Poughkeepsie. And, and as soon as we do that, you know what we're gonna do next? Ooh, right back right back at the beginning. We're gonna jump right back to, and we'll start on the pre-launch again. <clears throat> Excuse me, my mouth's drying out. No, I'm not gonna to choke to death like I did a couple weeks ago. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> so this is, this is just in, in four quick points. This is our long-term growth strategy. I, I, I don't know, I'm a young guy, but, but Susie and I have been talking about, you know, another 15 years or so, something like that. We're gonna work this strategy as a church. I, I see myself in the role that I am in right now for probably another 15 years, something like that, till I'm like really, really old, like in my 60s. Seeing those of you like, yeah, son, that's not so old. Yeah, I know, I'm just joking with you. But anyway, uh, this is the long-term strategy. And, and you know what I see in the future years? Five, six, seven Valley Christian Church campuses. Many of you know, a number of years ago, I shared it with you, and we're going to be talking. You're going to hear a lot more about it. We believe God's given us a vision to reach 5,000 people by the year 2025. 5,000 people on a regular basis. With this, we're right on target to hit that number. 5,000 people on a regular basis by 2025. I was reading the Bible one day and said Jesus fed 5,000. I was like, how cool would that be to spiritually feed 5,000? one time and I just felt like God say that's what I want you to start doing that's what I want you to work towards 5,000 people by 2025 not, not under one roof we're not talking about that but through our online campus through our multi-site all that stuff all together long term growth multi-site well Greg I hear all this stuff but what about me <laughs> Where do I fit in? Let me tell you where you fit in. None of this is possible without you. Because we have over and over, we're committed as a church to prioritize people over property. To the point that, do you know what the average budget percentage is of a church in America for facilities alone? 20 to 25% of their budget. You know what our budget is for facilities? 12%. 12%. We're in the top 2% largest churches in the nation right now. And our budget for facilities is 12% on an annual basis. Because we believe Jesus died for people, not property. Property is great. I love this. We're looking where to relocate the campus there so we can take that whole system that's been purchased and we can use it again to start another campus as well. All of it intact. We can get a lot more years out of that system, that portable system to start new campuses. Property's not bad, but it is not the objective. It is not the vision. People are. People are. And so I'm gonna read a passage of scripture right now about people. And I want to show you how you fit in here because one of the greatest passions of my life is not just reaching people, but helping people discover the purpose that God created them for. And I want to just connect the dots for you right now to understand why we do what we do here at Valley Christian Church and how important a role you play in all these incredible things that we've been talking about. In Ephesians chapter one, it's one of the rare passages in the scripture where we actually have a prayer that's actually recorded. 
that, that is actually a, an actual prayer that was prayed, that the apostle Paul prayed for Christians in Ephesus. And in it, he says four specific things that he's praying for the Christians in Ephesus. And these four things are the same thing that I'm praying for you. And I believe God is praying for each and every one of his children. Let's look at it in Ephesians chapter one, verse 16 through 18. It says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom. Watch this now. This is what he's asking for. And revelation so that you may, here's the first one, know him better. Paul say, I want you to know him better. And as your pastor, more than anything, I, why do we do what we do? I want you to know Jesus better. That's why we do everything we do. That's why I study in sermons and small groups and all these, I want you to know him better. But it doesn't end there. It goes on and it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. What is he talking about there? That there, there's something, all of us have hurts, all of us have pain, all of us are kind of like Humpty Dumpty who fell off the wall. You know, all the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put them together again. We, 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 we're broken. And, and, and Paul's saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that, that your heart would be healed, that your heart would be healed up because you know God better. And then he goes on to say, in order that what? You may know the hope to which he has called you. Do you know God has a call on your life? You're not an accident. There are no accidents. God has a purpose for your life, a, a unique purpose that he created you with that no one else can fulfill that. That's for you to do. He says, I want you to understand your purpose. This is a huge passion of mine to help you understand your purpose. And then it goes on, the riches of his glorious inheritance with his holy people. What does that mean, his holy people? That you fit in. Where do I fit into the family of God? It's God's family. Where do I fit in with his holy people? And so let me connect the dots here. These four things, you say, well, what about me? Where do I fit in? You're talking about all these, these big things, you know, that are going on. And thank God, I'm, a, I'm glad to be a part of it. But where do I fit in? Let me show you how this works. Real quickly, five things to help you, us find and live out our purpose based on Ephesians chapter one, verse 16 and 18. This is gonna be kind of eye-opening, I think, for many of us. What about know God better? Where does that happen, knowing God better? That's our weekend services. That, that's what you're experiencing right now. This is how we learn more about God. And the more that we learn about him, you know what? The more that our relationship grows with him. See, see, see God's not all about a book. God's about a relationship. That he wants you to have a growing, thriving, daily relationship with him. And, and to the point this is so important, like I said, 56 people have started that relationship with Jesus Christ since January. And I'm going to give you an opportunity before we end. If, if you've never started, if you, if you don't have a relationship with God, just, just walk you right through how to do that. Because it's one of the great, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And so knowing God better, where does that happen? In our weekend services. What about finding freedom? He says that your heart would be healed up. Where does finding freedom happen? Well, that happens in our small groups. We find freedom in small groups. Even on Sunday, 6 to 7.30, we have our group link is what it's called. And if you're not in a small group, a community group, we invite you just to come out and to meet the leaders and see one that fits for you because we believe people grow better in circles than they do in rows. You know, it's an amazing verse of scripture in James James chapter five, verse 16, I don't have it in your notes, but it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you'll be healed. Part of the reason why we walk around wounded is we don't open up to anyone else. That's what happens in our small groups. They're not counseling sessions. They're not, not therapy sessions or anything like that. But there's something about building a relationship with other Christians like, okay, I'm kind of struggling here. Can you hear me out on this? Yeah, man, me too. Let me pray for you. And that's what the scripture says. Confess your sin, confess your, confess your struggle to one another and pray for one another that you'd be healed. That happens in our small groups, finding freedom. In our community groups, we also have short-term groups that we have a whole menu that we're releasing also Sunday uh, at Group Link. And then discovering purpose, where does that happen? In growth track, that's going on uh, here in Hopewell at every single service, going on upstairs, growth track. 
where four weeks, just one hour a week, four times, during one of the services that you can actually find and discover the unique purpose that God created you for and the personality he created you with. And then where that fits in to like the big plan. And so the fourth thing is this, dream team. That's where we make a difference. Our volunteers, nothing would be possible without those that volunteer week after week. And and, and you know what? We we just hear story after story. They're like, you know what? And I know it sounds crazy if you don't volunteer, but believe me, it's true. They'll say, it changed my life volunteering at Valley Christian Church. I feel so much more connected. I, I, I feel like I have such closer friends as I'm serving side by side with others. Let me just challenge some of you. Get out of the stands and step onto the field. Don't spectate any longer. Don't enjoy the best seats in the house. Get busy serving on our dream team. So, and, and, and it's when we have like a, a valley rally for it, it's like you should see this place, the chaos as hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are here. And we're just loving up on them and appreciating them. 300 plus. We have over 300 volunteers every week that just makes this happen. This is where you know, I'm making a difference. I'm making a difference. And so this is why we do what we do here. Why do you have weekend services? So that people can know God better. Why do you have small groups? So people can find freedom. Not, not in huge crowd, small groups. Just like Jesus had his disciples, 12 Small groups. Discover a purpose. Where am I going to do that? Growth track. I just want to make a difference. I, 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 I think that, not old, but I'm older. Every time I know it's going to happen in November when I turn 50 for sure. Every time I come around November, Thanksgiving time, I just, I'm ask myself and I just pray about like, am I making a difference? God, I just want to make a difference. I mean, making the most difference that I can. I, I think that's the ache that God just kind of puts in every one of our hearts. I want to make a difference. I heard it put this way before, and I'll end with this. If you want to leave footprints in the sands of time, wear work boots. That's how you do it. You don't leave footprints in the sands of time sitting on the sidelines up in the stands. You you want to make difference in the sands of time. You want to leave footprints in the sands of time. Wear work boots. That's why we do what we do here at Valley Christian Church. We want to reach as many people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Where do you fit in here? What's the next step for you? What's the next step that, that where, you, where you find yourself and like, okay, it's time for me to do the next thing. It's time for me to go all in. Because you know what would just pain me is in eternity, someone to say, yeah, I attended your church for six, seven years. I never felt like I was ever making a difference. No one here ever asked themselves that question. Because the question is answered every single time they serve. I know I'm making a difference for time and eternity. And so I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that here we grow again as a church. Lord, that you're working and you're, with your grace, Lord, we're, we're doing everything that we can, but Lord, we're trusting you to do what only you can do. We are humbled and we are We're amazed at what you're doing in and through the Valley family. Lord, from the bottom of my heart, I pray that you shower, just open the floodgates of heaven upon every single one of these volunteers in the Valley family. Lord, that roll their sleeves up and serve you by serving the Valley family. Lord, I I pray that that you continue to use our, our growth track, that we can grow spiritually as we recognize the purpose that you created us for and how that fits into the big plan and purpose that you have in the world. Father, in our small groups, I I, I just pray that, that, Lord, you just pour out your mercy 
and that men and women would continue, Lord, as we grow again to find freedom and healing and wholeness step by step, day by day, sharing their life, Lord, with a small group of other folks from Valley Christian Church. And Lord, I pray that even in the middle of this message, God, I pray that, Lord, those that have been here and have heard, Lord, will know you better. Lord, may may we be passionate about what you're passionate about, people, reaching people that are far off with the life-giving message that your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, that he came and lived a perfect life, but he sacrificed his life on the cross so that we would be forgiven of our sins because he was a substitute for us. And he rose again three days later. Thank you, Father. Right now, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, just in the, this, this moment of contemplation, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? That, that's, that's what all this is about, really. Again, reaching people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why this church exists. Well, Greg, how do I do that? It's real simple. The Bible makes it real clear that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That starts that relationship with Jesus Christ. And so real simply, I just want to invite you, if, if you've never done that before, just to, to pray along with me and repeat this prayer. It's a simple prayer. It's not complex or anything super special about it. It's just a tool that helps us to acknowledge, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Just pray after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Lord, be my savior. I turn my life over to you. I surrender my life to you. Lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be my Lord and my savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Valley Christian Church located in Hopewell Junction, New York. Please visit us online at valleychristianchurch.net for more information. Thank you.